Okay, with Peter Harris, The Tale of Billy O.C. is the feature film play of the Thriller Suspense uh, Film Festival. Really interesting film. Uh, and it seems like you're from the outside perspective because you're originally from, it's a, definitely 100% an Irish film, Irish history, Irish kind of backdrop, but you're not from Ireland, correct? That's right. No, I'm, a, I'm Australian. Um, I've lived here full time for about five years, but I've been coming here about 12 years on and off. Uh, who was my Irish girlfriend at the time, who's now my Irish wife. Um, so, yeah, that, there's definitely a, a rich Irish uh, perspective to the film because um, what I really wanted to do before I got um, too used to seeing what I'm seeing and, and hearing what I hear in Ireland and, and taking it for granted like the rest of Ireland, I wanted to get that into a film while it was still reasonably fresh in my mind. And uh, there's a mystique about um, Ireland when you first come here, if you haven't been here before, um, you know, with, with the music and the landscape and the, um, the pub scene and the ruins and the small communities. And um, I, I wanted to um, get that feeling into a film um, with the overall storytelling that you would get you know out, out in the country in a country pub somewhere um which is the style of of the, the whole uh, narrating of the film as well just to get a um a good story uh in that um that world there's something interesting it's been it's it's a common thing where where somebody <clears throat> tells a great story about a certain culture or a certain environment and they're from, they have an outside perspective. So they, they're not so enclosed into that, into that world. I just think of, <clears throat> I'm old. So I'm just thinking about midnight cowboy, John Schlesinger, English guy nails, nails, New York city, uh, Peter Bravanovich, like upper West, upper West side guy in, in nails, Texas in, in last picture show. And because he, he, they, they're not from there. And it's like, you're not from Ireland. So you can, you're not so emotionally tied. You are, but you're not like, you're not ingrained into the culture. You're not born in there, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's human nature, I guess, to take for granted what, what's around you and, um, and sort of always be looking outward all the time too. And um, I suppose getting sick of stereotypes as well of, uh, you know, what, how people would see a country. Ireland has a big element of that. So, I had to be very, they, they call it paddy whackery. <laughs> so I had to be very careful not to, uh, you know, turn it into the cartoon like leprechaun character world of, um, um, you know, people just with ridiculous accents and, um, yeah. and, and uh, you know, being stupid kind of characters. That, that there had to be a lot of uh, intelligence about it. But I could, I could tell myself I was already starting to, take for granted certain things that I really appreciated when I first came. So uh, that was the haste to um, to get in and, and make this film while it was still there in my mind. So you just got me, I was listening to you, but I, you said Patty Rackery, which I, I had never heard before. So I, I yeah. was like, I was Googling it. <laughs> so it's, it's a stereotypical portrayal of Irish people. It's a great name. And so basically, yeah. like you said, it's like the over the top kind of lucky charms kind of character, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, when we were like, drunk, very, like every Irish person is a drunk or, you know what I mean? All this kind of like <clears throat> racist stereotypes, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, people here uh, yeah, get very sick of that. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. 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 
it, because it, because there's more to it than than what than what's described in like especially in the Western world from pop culture's perspective, right? So, of course, of course. I mean, in Ireland, the the, the pub is a, a big center of community. Um, going way back, you know, pre-electricity, that's where the community would go to share heat. You know, it's, it was expensive and you know to to heat homes and and be burning a lot of fuel. So people would gather together. You know, in the evenings, especially you know, in the the winter months, where it gets dark at four thirty or something here, um, uh, so it's really you, you have the the church and you know the pub were big meeting places for the community. So it's it's more than just you know somewhere to get a pint. Yeah. Okay. So you're let's talk about the film. So you never made a film before, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. No, I'd um, I've done a lot of. Um, web series animations and uh, I'd only done one short film with the same crew uh, prior to this um, and we just decided look instead of doing another short let's just go for a feature and so how is that like that must have been a pretty daunting experience for you like uh, without 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 being stating the obvious like how is that experience kind of like well, we, sure that, yeah go ahead I, I guess because we, we never set out to make a film that ended up being as big as this film became. Um, we, we were thinking, okay, low budget, let's look at what we have access to in terms of, um, um, you know, ac actors and locations. Um, and I guess we, we took a pretty bold step in, in setting it in the 1970s. Um, but it kind of snowballed from there and, um, just in reaching out, I mean, the crew are all from Kilkenny, so uh, they they have a lot of local contacts. So Bush uh, Diceman Productions has established there, so they they knew a lot of actors and knew a lot of local talent, and um, and you know had access to asking people about locations and things. So it, it sort of blew right out into into a much bigger film than than we originally uh, intended. Um, which is great, you know. We're, de we're delighted with uh, how it ended up um, coming about with the talent involved. Um, so it wasn't really that daunting because it kind of, it kind of just, you know, as we could get more and more, it just sort of built on that. Um, and uh, yeah, we we just tried to keep it within the realm of what we could cope with. But uh, inevitably, you get to set, and there's a lot to deal with, and uh, you're trying to keep the crew very as minimal as you can. Uh, with those kind of budgets, so um, everyone took on multiple roles, and uh, we we just we had a good spirit going through it. Um, everyone knew what they were, what it was, and they were, um, you know, there to help. And you know, uh, actors would carry equipment, and uh, you know, everyone was just in it together. So we just uh, just knuckled down, three and a half week shoot, and um, yeah, we got through it, and yeah, delighted. And so three and a half weeks. So I guess that's like you know, like almost twenty days or eighteen days. Yeah, we um, we took the odd day off on weekends. Um, okay. And but yeah, I mean scheduling is a tough job. Uh, doing on on top of you know producing and writing and all the rest of it um, is uh, because obviously yeah you know, you're not you're not paying someone's wages for six months so you've you've got to work around other people's jobs and and that kind of thing on a, a shoot like that so um but uh yeah no we we managed to make it work in the end so all right so tell me about there's this obviously a certain tone and style to this to this film <clears throat> um tell me about uh like the like how did you kind of like 
like go about with your with your cinematographer did you guys storyboard things like in terms of the lighting style making it the continuity what was sort of that prep for that um we because we had worked in animation before we kind of did um animatics if you like so what i'm used to doing with animation is um i i would usually do all of the final voices myself anyway um but i i just sort of voice um record myself saying all the lines just so we could get the timing and the spacing and then we'll sort of work out or oh, how long are we going to need here and there and just just did some basic blocking mentally really um a lot of the locations we didn't have access to until we were there so we had a general idea or we just we just visited them prior so we had a general idea of you know where we're going to shoot but a lot of it was on the fly to be honest with you um especially things like lighting because that changes a lot. There's a lot of outdoor scenes in this and we, yeah. we just sort of made it work as we could. Um, it brought what, whatever lights we had access to and um, just had to make it work from there. And you did, you have a, like a lot, a lot of long shots in the, in the film, right? Like on, like in terms of your style, like in terms of like, uh, I guess getting your, your day, I guess, right? Like from a practical standpoint, but it kind of works for the film as well. Long shots is in uh, no cuts. Is that what yeah. you mean, or yeah. in long lens? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Long like no cuts. Yeah. Well, you probably you notice it. It mixes up a lot, actually. So I do that with the tone a lot. If um, especially if it's a suspenseful kind of scene where we want the audience to really think about what's going on and and feel that emotion that's happening at that point. Uh, I would definitely go for much yeah, longer, less cuts. Um, but then um, if if it's a bit chaotic, in, I'd go the other extreme um, where there'd be lots of cuts. Um, so everything feels a little bit um, messy and mental. There's a bit of a mental aspect to, to the film. I can't, it's hard to talk about the film without spoilers. But um, so yeah, there are, are parts where I'd go the other extreme too. And we, we do lots of jump cuts and um, yeah, it's sort of, uh, keep keep the brain on the edge of the seat to follow yeah so you wrote the screenplay as well right yeah that's right yeah do you remember when like the idea popped up for you when to start writing it i do i was i was actually just going for a walk um and what was coming to me was the the narration at the beginning um as i was just walking through just around my house was going for a um a walk in an evening uh, through, you know, to just fields of sheep and cows and uh, you know, the odd little ruin on the side of the road, if you the, the stone walls and um, and yeah, it's just that. I don't know. I felt like this poetry is very big in Ireland, um, but I just sort of mentally started writing, you know, a, l a little bit of uh, poetry, and I was thinking that that could be a good intro for a film, and um, yeah, it just kind of went from there, really. It's built on it from there. So then, so then, when you were writing it, were you always thinking that I'm going to direct this? This is this is kind of my baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I, because I've worked in uh, like a lot of short form. Um, I'm, that's just how I'm used to operating. Really, I would find it confusing to be honest to hand over a script to somebody completely different who's going to make it because the script, all the script is to me is. Uh, trying to get record on paper what's in my head um, but it's probably not doing a perfect job of what's in my head 
you know, so I'd, I'd really want to uh, get on set and, uh, and, and make it look the way I, I visualize it. Yeah. You have a pretty big cast for like, especially for this, uh, this like independent film. And there's some key roles. Obviously the old man is, is extremely important. Where did you find, like, how did you find your cast? Did you do like an audition, like a scout? Uh, a bit of everything. So, like I said, the um, Diceman Productions are, are pretty well ingrained in um, Kilkenny, and they, um, Shane, especially as a co-producer and an actor in this play, Squid, um, uh, does a lot of theatre. And so, there's, you know, we we found a few screen actors through advertising and and what have you, and then. Um, Billy himself, so Brendan Corcoran, um, is primarily a theatre actor um, in Kilkenny. He has, he has done a, a fair bit of screen as well, but um, and through Shane and Brendan, then that sort of opened up the whole uh, theatre club um, through uh, Kilkenny. And it was important to me locally that we had the right accents. Um, it really annoys people here <laughs> if you've got... Um, the wrong county accent trying to pull off, you know, being from somewhere else because uh, they are quite different. Um, so we have a lot of authentic Kilkenny actors, which is great. Um, and even um, Tony, who plays Cooper, was written in as being from Waterford. And as it turned out, when we cast Tony, he was from Waterford. So he just got to use his natural accent too. So that, um, so it was, yeah, it was great like that. I, I really needed it to be believable and authentic from a very local level as well as internationally. So Brendan, uh, who pl plays your lead, is he like, does he do, I'm just, does he do a lot of theater work or? He does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is he ever act like, is he ever carried a movie like this? Cause it's pretty, it's, you know, it's no. not, it's, yeah. It, I, I've seen him um, in quite a few shorts where he was um, a fairly, uh, lead actor, but he's never done a title role in a feature, to my knowledge, before. No, um, but he was—he's very professional to work with, and I—I I learned that I learned a lot about that on this shoot. Is that theatre actors are generally work very hard, and they're used to it, you know. They because when it comes performance time, you've only got one shot. So, uh, really did his homework, really knew his lines, um, really worked his character. Um, from from the moment we mentioned it to him, he was already bringing the character and um, you know bouncing uh, ideas off and backstories and all that kind of stuff. He was brilliant to work with, and it definitely comes off in the performance. Like he's um, mm. he's he's very immersive. Uh, loved having him. Yeah, he's a little tough old bat. <laughs> he's an interesting character for sure, and uh, yeah. like, like there's a. Uh, obviously crusty but lovable at the same time right so he's a contradiction yeah. of emotions so yeah yeah and i think brendan pulls that off well it's not an easy thing to do no it's not but, i'm assuming this yeah. is not him like he's he's a lot different in, in the real world than the character that he plays yeah he is yeah yeah well being, being a a career theater actor is um he's quite a regal character and uh yeah, you'd you'd, you'd probably you'd, you'd struggle to recognize talking to him if you or you'd known him from was the tale of Billy O.C. So, what did, what did he think of the film when he first saw it? I was just I'm just curious. Yeah, good. Yeah, you know, no, he loves it. Um, and um, yeah, he's delighted with how his scenes came out, and um, and so are we. Like, uh, yeah, he, he's 
like I said, very professional. So we, um, you know, where, where it was required, he just kept bringing the takes and uh, gave us a lot of options in editing and, um, um, and it, yeah, it all fit together very well. We were delighted with it. Okay, so that you're in a period piece, right? So you're in the seventies. Got a lot of like, like, like you're in a pub, you're in people's homes, you're outside. How do you like every shot's got to look like and feel like that era? I guess right. Not easy to pull off, especially on an independent film. Yeah, that's right. Again, we were thinking small to start with, and then I, I just expanded. Um, so we we just put the the feelers out. We only had a small budget for things like cars. Uh, we managed to borrow a, a couple that were around. One of them had to be towed there, but um, still looked the part. Um, we hired the, the one we um, sort of spent the most on was the Garda car, the police car, which we actually got trucked down from Donegal down to uh, Kilkenny, which is most of the way across the country. Um, uh, locations, we, we thought we'd be reasonably safe with pubs because there's a lot of pubs here that don't need a lot of adjusting to, uh, you know, as long as we had permission to shoot. And there's a lot of options of pubs that are fairly quiet these days. Um, so, uh, yeah, we were reasonably confident we would be able to yeah, find find that location pretty well. For the landscape shops, like, shots, like the um, the town of Inish Teague is, is where the outdoor village shots were shot. Um we just got very lucky there that um, films had been there uh, before that had um, done things like take they they wanted to look even older so they they ran power lines underground that were above ground and things like that and so it had already been kind of treated for a film set um, but it's just a normal you know village um, yeah. so um, yeah that was sort of a stroke of luck and um, very cooperative. Um, people in the village that just um, allowed us to take up a few um, car spaces for, you know, the, the day and, um, and uh, a few exterior shots of the pub there. And um, yeah, so it, it just sort of, it was a snowballing thing. We just did what we could um, get access to really. And that just sort of kept expanding, which was fantastic. So and then so when you're 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 done shooting and you're in the editing room, like how are you feeling like the first couple of days kind of putting the film together? Are you like, hey, we got a film here? I'm like you're you're somewhat content. You're not gonna be like ecstatic because nobody generally ever is, right? But <laughs> but uh basically are you like you like, okay, I think we got a film here when you're going through the footage for the first time? I did, yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely uh see shots with, and you, you notice things you didn't notice on set and you're like, you know, we go, we can't use that or, um, you know, we'll have to edit around that or, but it, it all kind of worked out in the end. We, we shot reasonably good coverage. Um, the, yeah, I, again, it was sort of a, a step-by-step thing. Like it, it's not like you went through it. We didn't go through all the footage and watch it, you know, end to end. We just started piecing it together. So gotcha. it was just just as we as we got to each section. Um, but uh, I mean, for a rough cut. But um, no, I was overall, I was um, I was quite happy. I, I I've done enough post production to know that there's a big difference between <laughs> cutting up your raw fo- footage to what the final product would be. So. Um, I, I had enough knowledge to know there was a lot ahead of us of uh, cleanup that would uh, yeah, sell it. 
and soundtrack too, which yeah doesn't come in right till the end on this. So, so yeah. So tell me about the sound design. Uh, how is that? How is that process? Well, the the sound design, a, a lot of it um, was in the field or um, uh, just. You know, like little bits of folly here and there. There's nothing major on that side of stuff, but it was more music and uh, score. Um, by the time we got around to doing the um, the score, we're in lockdown here in Ireland. Um, there's a very famous um, world music band here called Keela, and um, I just put a an ad out on a local Facebook music page and. Um, yeah, I was just delighted to hear back from um, James Mahan of Keeler, and uh, and he ended up. So they, they've done. They, they've won awards for um, best score with um, Cartoon Saloon in in Kilkenny before, and they've um, uh, done very well as, as the band. But so we were just working with James and Brian, just two of them. And we were just lucky they weren't on tour because they would have been usually, but they were, you know, locked down like the rest of us. So we really uh, captured some amazing talent in them, really genuine um, Irish um, instruments that people don't get to, you know, hear often, played beautifully and, uh, you know, to, to a very high, high level. Um, and then there was just other songs throughout. So we had... Um, Neve Farrell, Nadia Birkenstock, um, Anya Hayden, the Kip Brothers, Sia Lin are all um, local, although Nadia's from Germany, that we've just we just found really good uh, recordings of online and they um, uh, yeah just responded saying that yeah that they'd, they'd uh, allow us to uh, you know use their recordings in the film, which was brilliant. Oh cool. And then the the score, like the music. Yeah, so that was James and Brian. Um, yeah, okay. From from Kilo, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely thrilled. Like, but I'm, I'm sorry, I should be more specific. Is in terms of like, <clears throat> did you like like how did you kind of like you just saw that they already had the music produced, and then no, 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 that was that was entirely made for the scene. So we we were most we were pretty much uh, you know vision locked. Um, by that stage, and um, basically showed the, the showed them the screen, and I just sort of described the emotions, uh, possible instruments that might work with it, um, parts where we want to build suspense and have a release. You know, those just those kind of notes, just time coded for the scene, and they just come back with a you know a, a first draft kind of idea and. More often than not, the first draft with from those guys was like ninety five percent of it, you know, solid. Um, so yeah, they were, they were very good to work with, and uh, just impressive to watch that kind of talent, you know, flesh out. It was um, enjoyable experience. That's cool. So yeah, you, you put it all together. Do you want to state that? Do you want to say what the budget was or no? Um, when, I can tell you initially. We set out for it to be um, thirty thousand euro. Okay. Um, that did blow out, um, and I couldn't even tell you the final. <laughs> like when you when you start factoring in up to this stage, and you know you, we're probably talking double at least uh, what it, I've ended up spending on 
you know, entering festivals and you gotcha. know everything else that goes with it. Um, and we we're yet to re- do a marketing drive for a release as well. So, um, yeah, it's kind of kind of never ending, but uh, yeah, we're at the tail end of it now. It's kind of like you're in the midst of it, and you like you might as well just go all. You have to finish it, I guess, right? And you're like, you kind of, yeah. you kind of in that kind of no no man's land kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, there was the, there was extra expenses in some visual effects. There's nothing crazy in this film, visual effects wise. It's more um, backgrounds and placing in like the, the the layout of the village on the longs to the wide shots. Um, not sure if you remember and the um, having the um, Ducket's Grove, the, that's the, the castle ruins where a lot of the scenes take place and we have that in the background and we just sort of uh, got them placed by very good visual effects artists and, um, yeah, a few bits and pieces like that that you wouldn't even really notice. It's, it's, it's definitely not a visual effects kind of film, but um, it, it is, is very good for the um, sense of location to, to have those shots done. Um, so bit, little bits like that just keep piling up, you know. <laughs> More stuff needs to be paid for. So our festival sent you the audience feedback to you, North American audience to you. What did you what did you think of what they had to say about your film? Great, yeah. I, I really they they picked on the right things that I I, I would uh, like to hear a uh, a foreign audience audience um, you know resonate with, which was the things you've been asking about really. So you know the music and the landscape and the the whole um, the period and yeah the the, the sense of being immersed in that location um so yeah thrilled with the, the feedback and it's it's great to hear uh foreign accents talking about the film you know passionately like that just because it um it, it was always an intention that um uh especially like a north american audience would um really appreciate uh what's what surrounds it and and the yeah. world of it well, I I uh, I wish the film the best success and get you getting. I'm I'm assuming you're looking for a distribution deal. You're getting some festival wins. It's doing. It seems to be doing well so far. And uh, yeah, I hope the the film does well for you. I know it was it was a it was a must have been a pretty grinding grinding uh, tired experience. You kind of like alluded to the budget and other things. So and it's not easy to make a feature. No, it's not. But um, look, we're delighted with what it is. The, the 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 uphill battle is purely getting people to watch it. Um, when you don't have the the, the big names, you know mm-hmm. that all the marketers look for, um, uh, it, you you're really sort of up against it in in the marketing side of stuff um, with distributors and things. But what we find is that when people actually take the time and watch it properly they they really enjoy it so it's um that that's that's the battle yeah but uh no thanks matthew appreciate it all right let's well let's talk soon now uh, when you make your next film it seems like you're going to make an animation film that's what i hear <laughs> and uh <laughs> good, good luck with it i appreciate i appreciate your time and uh I'm, like i it's a good film so i hope everybody like you said people get to watch it and it does well for yourself uh thanks very much matthew appreciate it one, two, three, four, five, six.